The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. It was another day of preparation for the Chiefs on Friday as they get ready for Monday night football against the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens, the Chiefs coordinators joined us via Zoom conference call as well as safety Tyron Matthew. So on the first half of this podcast, you'll hear from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, followed by defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola. We'll take a quick break. You'll hear from special teams coordinator Dave Tobe as well as safety Tyron Matthew. But right now, let's start with the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Here is Eric Bieniemy. Guys played a clean game, but one thing, a heck of a job of finding a way to put us in position to 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 give us an opportunity to have a chance of winning. I love the grit that we showed, but we do understand we got some things to work on. We started with that yesterday in practice and on top of that early in the week with film work. And I think our guys, you know, playing in that game got their attention. And so now we're at this point that, hey, it's it's Thursday and I know it's a Friday for everyone else in the outside our world. But our guys are focused and ready and are determined to play better. With that uh, said, uh, I'm all ears here. Let's start with Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. Coach, I know you know Marcus Peters well. What makes him so dangerous? And, and what do you remember about the uh, those Patrick Mahomes running you know, scout teams and going against Marcus Peters? You know what? Uh, Marcus is a very, very highly intelligent football player. He takes a tremendous amount of pride in studying. He's very athletic. He's probably one of the best playing off corners in this league right now. But uh, he's always been a, a student of the game. He'll give you that perception that he isn't. But one thing he does, he takes a tremendous amount of pride in studying. And then he goes out there and he executes and he, he asks questions. He does it the right way. So I'm looking forward to watching this battle. Those guys had a, a few battles a few years ago. But uh, we're not even thinking about that. We're thinking about what's going to take place this up and coming weekend. And uh, kudos to those guys because they're playing pretty damn good ball on uh, on their side of the ball out there. Go next to Rob Collins. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, EB. There's been some talk about Patrick uh, drifting back in the pocket a little too far, making it tough on the O-line to, to keep their blocks. Have you noticed that? Is that an issue? Maybe why the offense is out of sync here? Well, it's a combination of everything. I mean, it's it's us. We're just out of sync. All right. Last week, it was a tough deal. It was It was tough. It's the first time my guys have played in the empty stadium. We're living in a different day and age. You know, the thing that my message to them at halftime was like, uh, the only thing I want to see and find out is who loves the game. Okay. I know it's a different environment. It's a, dip, a different atmosphere. 
But we got to have the ability, all right, to shut all that out. All right. It's about living in the now and making sure that we're maximizing this opportunity. So if we love it, OK, we're going to find a way to overcome it. So, yeah, we were out of sync. Could be Pat drifting. It could be us not executing up front. Could be guys not getting open downfield. But when it's all said and done with collectively, we all have to do a better job. And that starts with us as coaches. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Coach, so you spoke a bit about Marcus hey, Peters. Coach is done. Can you go tell them that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you spoke a bit about Marcus Peters. He's part of this. But when you're facing the Ravens, best defense in the NFL so far this season, like 11 points allowed per game. What are some of the challenges that you're looking at when you're facing them? Oh, some of the challenges. I mean, just look at the guys up front. I mean, <laughs> you got Clears Campbell, uh, who just came in from uh, from Jacksonville. Uh, I can't think of the kid's name, but it's a damn shame. Derek Wolf. Uh, number 95, seemed like we've played against him for the past decade. They got Brandon Williams, who's a hell of a player. Pernell McPhee, all right? On top of that, they got Judon coming off the edge. And then they signed that young kid uh, out of LSU, uh, Patrick Queen. So those guys are pretty stingy up front. And knowing Coach Harbaugh and knowing the type of team that he wants, those are just the personalities that make them who they are. Because when you got guys like that, and then you combine that with the secondary, with the kid Marlon Humphreys and, and Peters, and I'm not slighting anybody else, but those guys do a hell of a job, and they do it the right way. And they got a hell of a defensive coordinator in Wink Martindale as well. So we just got to go out there and be who we are. Let's line up and play one play at a time, execute, play for each other, all right, be accountable, and the only thing that matters, regardless of what happens on that particular play, it's going to be a 15-round uh, uh, old-school old heavyweight fight. We got to come out swinging, all right, but we understand it's not going to be how you start. It's going to be about how you finish and sustain. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric. Um, Andy was talking there? yesterday about uh, the way Pat was running the ball against the Chargers and how that's always been a big part of the West Coast offense. But obviously there's limits on how much you want him to do that. So what, what's your advice to him when he does that? And are you pretty happy how he's picking and choosing his spots with all that? You know what? I'm, I'm satisfied with what he's doing. I mean, he's doing a good job because they're doing some things in coverages. And then mixing it up. And, and when they're doing that, he's maximizing the opportunity because there's not a whole player spying him. So if he sees a lane, he takes it. Kudos to him. And also, too, he made some huge runs that helped us down the end to put us in position to have a chance of, 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 of going into overtime and, and, and also winning the game as well. So you never want to take that part away from him. The thing that we need to do a better job of is just keeping him upright. All right. And like I said, we got to make sure that the five guys up front are doing it the right way. But also, too, Pat got to be accountable by making sure he's taking the proper footwork. And then all the other supporting players, whether it's receivers with their routes, with timing or backs and our tight ends involved in protection. We got to make sure that we're collectively getting it done. So when it's all said and done with, like I said, we didn't play a clean game last week. OK, but I will say this. I guys show some grit to get it done. And that's all you can ask for. OK, we'll clean up the details. That's why we're involved in practice this week. We got to finalize some things over the next couple of days. But we're looking forward to this challenge. Got time for a couple more guys. Let's go Sam and then Nate. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Eric, um, we asked Patrick Mahomes yesterday about that two point conversion. He mentioned that the first read wasn't there. 
as a coach, have you just become so accustomed to him finding something that you saw the confidence that play will be executed and also just the how important it was that the McColl, Tyreek, those guys still still also were, were continuing on with the play, even though they weren't the first option there? You know what? Our guys got a, a, a tremendous amount of chemistry. These guys know each other. They love one another. I mean, these guys have been together for a while. So they understand if things aren't right with the first read, the second read has to become available. If, the, if nothing's right with the second read, the third read has to become available. So those guys just stay alive. They stay on the move. And Pat is always utilizing his eyes and keeping them downfield. So he just happened to go through his progression. He found McCall. McCall does a, a hell of a job. It seems something like it's so simple and yet so easy. But that was a hell of a catch that he made. And it was a big-time catch that put us in position to have a chance. And so – that's just the guys that, that, that we have. These guys love what they do. You know, we just need to do it better at a more consistent rate. Let's go last to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Eric, you guys played two teams that relatively, like you mentioned before, decided to play coverage and obviously keep things in front of you. Uh, you're probably going to get the opposite of that on Monday <laughs> with the Ravens who love to blitz. Uh, that's been one of the key things that they've done against you guys the last two years. Uh, how do you prepare for that um, when you haven't really seen a blitz-heavy team this year? And then what have you seen the Ravens do so far on defense uh, to give you an idea of what exotic blitzes may come? Well, we 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 preparing. Uh, first of all, kudos to them because they are a great team when it comes to putting together some exotic pressures. These guys are going to get after us, and that's okay. We're preparing as if it's going to be a blitz drill, and that's how we're, we're going to play this game. Every play, we're going to expect pressure. And so with that said, our guys, we're practicing the exact same way. Not necessarily just saying, hey, they run this blitz or this blitz. We're pulling pressures from all numbers of, of, of times and, and different situations in which they have shown different type of things. So we want to make sure that our guys are ready, that they understand the rules. More importantly, that they're doing a great job of over communicating and then going up there and stepping up to the bat, stepping up to the plate and punching and fighting and making sure we're strain, straining the finish to give the quarterback an opportunity to make the big play down down the field. OK, yeah, I'm good. Uh, we just got we, you know, we got one practice under our belt. This is a heck of a challenge with Baltimore this week. Um, we'll get back out there and see what we can do this afternoon. And with that, I'll just open it up. Start first with Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. Good morning. How are you? Great, Herb. Hey, um, I actually have two questions here. Uh, the first one, we're seeing scoring at a historic rate uh, through the first two games. Most touchdowns, most points allowed. As a defensive coordinator, what do you think is behind all of that? And, and Brad, I'll have a, another question after this. <laughs> I, I Listen, I'd have to look at all of it. It's, it's scary. When you say that, you know, as a, as a defensive coach, you know, you're like, wow. Um, I don't know. Football's changed. I remember, you know, look at we. I know we don't have a lot of college football right now, but I, I've at times during the seasons looked at college scores, and you know they've been way up there, and you know certainly all the yards, et cetera, et cetera. And a little bit of that football is coming our way in the NFL, so maybe that has a little bit to do with it. But other than that, I I can't really speculate. I'm just hoping it's not us that's giving up all the points. And as, as another question, you, you mentioned the challenge of the Ravens. Um, getting Mike Pinnell back this week, how big is that, especially the way the Ravens love to run the football? Yeah, listen, Mike gives us a big presence in there. Uh, you know, as the season went last year, certainly when we got Mike, we're fortunate enough to get him, it, it helped us. I'm hoping it does the same thing. I mean, we don't, listen, Mike's coming off of two weeks being away. That's a little bit of a challenge to ask a guy to do that. But uh, I'm glad we got him back. 
go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. So uh, I want to ask you about Legereus Sneed. Two weeks, two interceptions for him. Your thoughts on Sneed so far? Yeah, I'll tell you the, the one thing that really stuck out. Last week's interception looked to me like one of those. He wanted it more than anybody. Uh, I mean, he went up and snatched it in the air. And, uh, and listen, he's been solid for us. Um, he, he's a worker. You know, for a guy as young as he is and, and playing at not really big-time college football, uh, he certainly has shown that he has what I call, you know, pro um, attributes. In other words, he, he acts like a pro. I mean, he studies. Uh, he certainly doesn't look and uh, function like a rookie right now, and hopefully that continues. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Steve. I have two questions for you, too. To, to start first, um, how much can you glean from looking at last year's tape with the Ravens and what they've done so far early on with some new personnel? And then I'll have a second question. Yeah, well, listen, the, the, I don't think the scheme has changed all that much. It's downhill power football with some finesse in there because we all know what a number eight can do. Um, and they've added little pieces to it, like everybody does in the offseason, and to make it a little bit more dynamic uh, and tougher to defend. And certainly, you know, he's throwing the ball all over the place in, in good ways. Um, they're, they're, listen, they're, I haven't gotten a lot of sleep this week. Let's just say that. You know, they're tough to defend. I, I understand that, uh, Steve. And then secondly, you guys had some missed tackles, uh, particularly in the second and third quarter last week against the Chargers. No preseason games. I know you focus a lot in training camp on tackling, but you don't get a lot of live reps. Just what yeah. did you notice that was the issue and just how difficult is it for guys to get comfortable knowing that you are going to see Lamar on Monday? Yeah, I mean, we talked extensively about that the other day. What was our Tuesday practice um, or Tuesday meeting? That was well, listen, we didn't go back and talk much about the charges. We talked pretty much about fundamentals and we led with tackling. You know, and the things that I really threw out of Adam was, you know, you can't tackle, you can't hit what you can't see. That's a basic, right? Um, you know, you got to have your pad level low. You can't arm tackle in this league because NFL ball carriers run through those. And, uh, you know, certainly you can't, um, you know, we can't be dipping our eyes and all those fundamental things. You got to run your feet. We did talk about that. You know, we had a padded practice yesterday where we got a little bit of work on it. But the way the league is structured right now, you don't really get the live bullets until you're into the game. And you brought up the point about not having the preseason games. But I've said this before. We're not going to use any of that as an excuse. Uh, we got to find a way to tackle better. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? Great, Adam. Good. Hey, I wanted to ask you about the, the three rookies that are playing for you right now. Uh, I know you talked a little bit about Snead, but uh, still want to include him in on, on this. And also Wharton and Mike Dana. Compared, I know you, you obviously like them because they're playing for you and, and you saw them in camp, but where are their, their production versus your expectations at this point of the season? Can you sort of talk about all three yeah. of those guys and where they are in that regard? Yeah, you know what, Adam, I'd, I'd probably say that with all three of them, and you, everybody can go back and, you know, look at how we obtained the three of them. It wasn't like we, they were uh, big free agent acquisitions. They weren't first-round picks. So I don't know that anybody, you know, I think the expectations were not nearly as high as what we've gotten. And that's really a good thing to have happen to our football team when three guys like that can step in uh, and help us in, in good, solid, fundamental ways. I mean, Turk gets in there and gives us valuable reps and he gives guys rest. Uh, Mike Dana has been outstanding in the position he plays. I mean, he's done some things fundamentally that you don't see fifth, five, six-year vets do. Um, very smart, 
cerebral football player. And LJ had the probably the toughest task of all going in the NFL and playing out on the corner and has so far fared pretty well. Uh, if we can keep getting that from these three young guys, that's going to help us. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Coach, last year, the week after you played Lamar Jackson, you joked that uh, you were still taking Advil. And so I, I think back to that. And now that you've had seen last year and, and you welcome him back this year, what are just some of the coaching points that you're telling your guys as you have Jackson coming up while there have been some of those issues with the tackling already coming in? Yeah, well, one of the things we've got to be sure we don't do, I mean, um, He's a dynamic quarterback, but let's not forget about those three running backs they throw at you. <laughs> you know, the tight end that can catch the football. But I'm going to start with the running backs. Listen, I go back. It's a downhill power run game. Yeah. If your eyes keep worrying about number eight having it, that's not going to be a good day. They'll, he'll, he'll never have it. He'll just hand it off to the three backs. So we're going to work this thing inside out, um, try to keep pushing it out if we can. Uh, and when he does tuck it and go, you know, we got to find more than one guy around him to tackle him because we, we know what he can do. He can make the first guy miss. You just got to have that second and third guy there. Got time for two more. We're going to go Seren and then Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Seren. Coach, uh, first, I'd like to know just what you thought of Gay. I know he didn't get much in there uh, yeah. in the game, but what he did and, and maybe how close he's getting to, to joining the other rookies and, and getting more repetitions and then I know you've talked a lot about Lamar Jackson, but just specifically Lamar Jackson, the passer, right? He's known for his legs, but yeah. uh, so far he's, I don't know, 75%, I think, for the year. I mean, it, he appears to be better. Does he look better on tape to you? He looks for, uh, tremendously. Uh, I, I don't know, better. I thought he was pretty good last year. Um, but look, at here's a guy that has a real strong arm. I tell you what, he puts the ball, uh, he, he throws a ball where they can catch it. Uh, I, I'm really impressed by when he's thrown to that tight end, especially on crossing routes. And he's got a tremendous deep ball. I, I don't know where it comes from that he, that he's not a passer, et cetera, et cetera. I think sometimes that happens when you're such a dynamic runner. Uh, but listen, he can throw the ball effectively. And we know that. Uh, what was the beginning part of the, Oh, Willie Gay. Willie Gay, yeah. Yeah, yes, about Willie. Uh, listen, we're, I, we're in, always in hopes of playing as many guys as we can. Um, Matt House does a great job uh, with Willie, Matt, and Britt. Uh, I think he's progressed pretty well. You know, he has guys in there, really, that are a little bit more experienced. And at his, the position that he plays, there's some adjustments you got to go through. So he'll find his way in there. We're hopeful to keep continuing to add on plays and reps and practice and then find his way to the game. Let's go last to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach, you touched on a little bit of just Jackson's skill set, but he's a different guy than you see with a lot of other teams. And I know last year you had like Alex Brown back there in practice replicating what he can do with his legs. How do you prepare for, you know, a guy like Jackson and Tennessee is so different from a traditional quarterback? Yeah, I listen, this I've been going through this in years and years in football, right? When you have a quarterback like that, uh, it's very hard to simulate what they do. I'm, and it's hard to simulate their blocking up front. Tried to simulate the all the pulls and all the motions and shifts that they do, you know, and that's part of coaching on defense and being a player on defense. You know that the first time you go out there and see this offense, it's going to be ten times faster than what we've done in practice, no matter how good we do it. Uh, so we got to hope that we come up to speed with what they're doing quickly. Um, that's the challenge of that first series, to be quite honest with you. Uh, if you can survive that first series, you know. Give your, give your team, obviously, some good field position, not give up a lot of it. Uh, that's certainly going to help us. But it's always a challenge. We do the best thing we can do. I think our guys do a great job of film study. Uh, and I think with a quarterback like this and an offense like that, I think like they have right now, I think that's going to be really important. 
Coach, we appreciate your time today. Thanks okay, for joining thank us. Thank you. You got it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You just heard from Eric Bianami and Steve Spagnolo, and now we continue on with Chief Special Teams Coordinator Dave Tope. Regarding Harrison Butker, you talked a little bit earlier in the offseason or uh, in camp how he's increased his range this year. Is his thinking back to the time he got to the Chiefs? Is, is his increased range? Is that typical for a guy who's been in the league now as long as he has, or is, is he extraordinary in that regard? And also, um, I know it's Andy's decision, but how comfortable would you have been on that final kick? How far would you have been comfortable with on that far <laughs> on that kick? I mean, the way he was hitting it, I mean, if, if you guys had gotten another penalty, would you have been okay? Would you have been comfortable kicking that ball? That day, I would have been comfortable kicking another one because he was so on point that day. He was hitting the ball so well, you know, in, in pregame, and then at halftime, he he hit another one, and and we just really felt comfortable with him the way he was hitting the ball. And it, it's kind of like when you're when you're playing golf and you're hitting the driver well, you hit a drive, you hit the driver well all day. And he and he was like that. Uh, he was um, he was in that mode. So even if there was another penalty, I think we probably you know we would have had a discussion. I'm sure we would have talked about it, and uh, you know I would have been all for it for sure. As far as his leg strength, uh, you know he's kind of different than other kickers because. He works. I mean, I, I can't explain how hard this guy works. I mean, he is such a dedicated guy, and he's so – I mean, he comes in here, and after our meetings in the morning, he'll, he'll spend two or three hours in here just watching tape. He watches every, every other kicker that, that kicked, every kick that happened that week. Uh, he studies the field that we're going to be uh, kicking on. He knows the science of the game. You know, he, he's, he studies it so well, and then he works so hard on the field. Uh, his offseason uh, this year, he, he worked so hard. He got so much stronger. Uh, it was noticeable right away. As soon as, as soon as we he started kicking, you could see the the ball exploding off his leg, and uh, he, he's hitting the ball pure this year. And we just got to hope, hope it keeps on going like that. Let's go next to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, coach. As, as a special teams guru, um, a lot of people <laughs> tend to watch these football games and don't really pay attention to the battle within the battle. But as as a guy who appreciates special teams play, how, how special is this Harrison Butker and Justin Tucker? matchup so to speak yeah we're, we're seeing two of the best kickers uh probably you know for sure in the history of the game i mean going against each other this weekend uh they both admire each other's games i know that uh you know i know uh bucker uh watches tucker a lot you know and, and studies him and uh wants to be like him you know i know that and you know and it's 
it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, that this, this game is going to be a lot of fun. I just, I told Bucker, I said, I said, I don't want to see a, some kind of a competition in pregame to see who's, who's going to bang it the farthest. I just want him to go out there and stick to his routine, you know, but um, you know, they're, they're both competitive guys and, and, you know, and, and, and this, this game, it just brings out the best in the, in both of them. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey Dave, uh, the injury note on Dorian O'Daniels knew he won't go today because um, of a knee. If that becomes a, a thing where he can't play, he is one of the special team snap leaders. Just how does that impact what you guys do? It impacts us huge. Uh, obviously, we'd have to make some adjustments. Uh, he's a four-phase starter, plays on every phase pretty much, and uh, you know there would be something that we would have to address. But but the, the good thing is, is that we have a lot of guys, and you know Veach has done a great job with the roster. We've got guys. Uh, in the wings, we got guys that are backups that could come in and play, and and I feel comfortable uh, whichever way we go. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Coach, uh, I, I talked last year with, with Harrison just kind of about uh, how different things are, you know, how much time he gets and how much kind of like you know, live simulation he gets here versus what he had at college. You know, at college he was known as a big leg guy, but maybe not accurate. And the numbers kind of back it up. And he was detailing all the different things, how much better it is to kick here the balls and, you know, actually getting live fire reps and, you know, like how coach and you make that a part of it. I'm curious, how hard is it to find the prospects, right? He didn't, he's one of the best kickers. He didn't get drafted. You know, looking back, somebody would, you know, what he is would use a second or third rounder on, on a guy if they knew he was going to be what he is right now. How hard is it to find those guys in college? Well, he was, he went, he went to the combine and we evaluated him and, and we had him ranked as the number one, you know, I thought he was, had a draftable grade. I thought he was a guy that could possibly be drafted fifth through seventh round. Uh, and he was our number one rated guy and we were really, really lucky to get him. I said that before, uh, but you know, he, uh, He's just a special guy, you know. You you never really know exactly, you know, what you got, what what's going on in his head, but he is he is such a hard worker, you know. And I, and I think that's the number one thing that that you know it's it's impressive to see him have such success because he works so hard at it. We've got two questions left. Let's go, Sam, and then Robert. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Dave. Um, wanted to ask you about Willie Gay's uh, blocked punt. Can you kind of take us through that play, starting with maybe his assignment and and going all the way through his his execution of it? Yeah, his job, his job out there on that uh, left end spot is to is to uh, rush the the slot first, make sure it's not a fake, and then uh, rush the punter. Uh, you know, the, the the slot tried to cut him, so he knew he wasn't going to go out for a pass, so he he turned it into a rush immediately. Uh, and when he rushed, he uh, you know did a nice job of getting his hand on the ball. Now he didn't block it; it's it's more of a deflection. You know, the ball goes past the line of scrimmage. It's it's a deflected punt. It's still a live punt. Uh, I wish he would have got a little more of the ball and it would have stayed on the other side. It would have been considered a block, but the effort was great. Uh, he caused a bad punt. They had a bad net on the play and uh, it's definitely a positive play. Uh, it's good, good for him. He keeps getting better and better each week. You know, every, every week, every practice, he gets better and better. Let's go to Robert with the last one. Go ahead, Robert. Hey, Coach. So, uh, Harrison Bucker, when he talked about the Chargers trying to ice him, you know, with the timeouts and then some of the penalties that went on, he just said he got madder and madder as he had to keep doing attempts and that his last attempt uh, was his best one. Just as a special teams coach, what's your philosophy about icing the kicker? Do you think it works? Do you think it doesn't work? And stuff like that. I think if you're going to, if you're going to ice the kicker, I think you need to ice them and, and not let them kick the kick, you know, because when they, when they are still able to kick the kick, you call a timeout late and they're able to kick the kick, they get too much information. So uh, if we're going to ice a guy, we're going to ice it before he even lines up to, to make him think about it a little bit more. 
uh, without getting that information that, you know, that uh, Bucker was able to get on that long kick. So uh, that's one thing that we would do different. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, he's, when, when you ice Bucker, he's just going to get more and more focused. He, he just, he's a routine guy. Uh, he's going to go back to his routine and, and, uh, and, and do the same thing every time. Coach, we appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining yeah, us. Got it. Take care. Yesterday, Chris was talking about the fact that without fans in the stands, that you guys really had to kind of fire each other up and give yourselves the energy yourselves. Um, how were you able to do that? I mean, what were you saying to the guys on the field and on the sideline to get them fired up and, you know, kind of used to that environment? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's quite the adjustment. You know, obviously, um, you know, not not being able to play in uh, front of fans feel like they definitely give us a – you know, a boost of encouragement. Um, but, you know, we got to adjust. We got to adapt. Um, I think a, a lot, you know, has to come from, you know, within. And then from there, you know, is, is us feeding off each other, us trying to keep each other motivated, keep each other encouraged, you know, especially, you know, when we don't have that momentum, we don't have fans in the stands. Um, we got to find a way to be positive, you know, especially in slow games, uh, games where we're not playing, you know, to the best of our abilities. Uh, we just got to find that dig deep within. Go next to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Tyron. Good afternoon. How are you? Yeah, good. Doing well. Hey, Coach Spaggs mentioned earlier uh, a lot of the difficulties that go into defending against a quarterback, a dual threat quarterback like like Lamar Jackson. From the back end of coverage and your message to the guys up front, how important is gap responsibility and lane responsibility against the Ravens offense? I mean, it's extremely important, um, you know, even outside of, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson keeping the ball. Um, I think a lot of their run, their run game, you know, is gap oriented. You know, they're moving pieces, they're pulling people. You know, we're going to have to be able to adjust. You know, we're going to have to be able to read and react, you know, on the fly. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is us making each other right as well. You know, like I said, they pull a lot of people. They they tend to get great leverage on the defense and. I think us, especially on the back end, uh, we got to be cognizant, you know, of just keeping leverage, you know, making our linebackers right, making the defensive end right, uh, just so we can get out of the down. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Tyron. Um, I know last week after the Houston game, you weren't real happy with the way you guys finished. Just wanted to get your kind of temperature on where you are now with two, two games, how you feel about how you guys are and where you are at this point in your development. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm still kind of pissed, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely encouraged. Um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm discouraged. Um, you know, I know the guys that, that we have, you know, in our room. Um, I, I know the coaches that we have and, you know, I know we'll be able to, you know, adjust uh, and get it right. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, obviously, you know, we had high expectations coming into the season to, you know, try our best to, you know, live up to the standard, you know, we set last season. And um, so, but we got to dig a little deeper. Um, obviously, we're going to get a lot of teams' best shot. You know, a lot of offensive coordinators are going to draw up their best plays, <laughs> you know, to, to kind of beat us and keep Pat off the field. So uh, we got to dig a little bit deeper. Um, and I think, you know, this is a great opportunity, you know, playing on Monday Night Football, uh, playing against a team that runs the ball well, you know, can stretch the field vertically in the passing game. Um, so our hands are full, but it's a great test. It's a great challenge for us. Um, I'm excited to see us show up and, you know, show everybody who we are. Go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Ty, I mentioned, or I remember you mentioning in the offseason just how fun it was to play against Lamar because there were some times where you had a chance to get your hands on the ball. 
I'm just wondering what's your excitement now playing him last year, uh, sort of the, the head-to-head battle of maybe seeing him on the outside with the ball in his hands or just kind of reading his eyes and seeing the route tree and understanding trying to figure out a way uh, to disrupt the passing game as well. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be a great challenge for me. Um, obviously, he's one of the best players in this league, um, even from the quarterback position. You can see him really uh, beginning to develop. Uh, you know, he's able to read different coverages. Uh, and I think deep down inside, he wants to be a pocket passer. <laughs> you know, I think uh, he really wants to prove that part of his game. And so, um, obviously, anytime you compete against somebody, you know, that caliber, especially – under the bright lights, um, I think in my mind, it always going to bring out the best in me. So I'm expecting the best from him. And, um, you know, hopefully it's a good game. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Tyron, you mentioned the just the emotional part about not having fans there and getting hyped up. But just actually during the game, there were several false starts last week on both sides. The quarterbacks kind of have even more of an advantage, I guess because they yeah. can draw your guys off sides. How much do you guys have to talk about that and to make sure that you're not getting tricked a little bit because you can hear too much maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, obviously, you know, throughout the league, you know, really um, quarterbacks have been doing a great job, you know, with the hard count. Um, you know, we just got to find a way to stay locked in, you know, um, and, and it's hard, you know. Um, like I mentioned, especially, you know, not having fans there. Um, it's not any excuse, but um, I think as professional football players, got to find a way to lock in for that play, you know, that moment, and then being able to go to the next play and not think about the last one. So, um, you know, I think it's a it's a big challenge on everybody that's involved in the game um, to just try their best to, to stay locked in. Uh, let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Tyron. Hey. Um, you, you play next to a guy that's coming back from the same injury that, that you went through a couple times. How long was it before you felt like you were back to your old self coming back from an injury? And have you had ongoing conversations with Juan about, you know, patience in that area? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, I've been through that injury twice, um, you know, and it's a lot of growing pains, you know, um, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, it's a lot of work that, that Juan has already put in, uh, but it's a lot more that, that that's going to be required, you know, for him to really get back to the level uh, that he's confident in, that he's comfortable in. Um, and I think, um, you know, nobody holds themselves to a higher standard than Juan. And, you know, he, he's continually, you know, pushing towards that. Um, I think, you know, my position is just to always encourage him you know, keep him positive and the right kind of mindset, um, letting him know that, you know, it, it may not happen, you know, when you want it to happen, but just continue to push through, continue to smile, you know, continue to develop your game, you know, in other areas. So that way, you know, when you do come back 100 percent, you, you're on a completely different level, you know, mentally. And I think and I think that's where he's going to hit. Got time for a couple more guys. Let's go. Steve Walls and then Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, what's up, Tyron? Hey. Hey, when you look at this Ravens team, I've heard a lot of those guys say uh, they feel like Kansas City is a team that they have to go through if they want to make it to the Super Bowl. Do you guys feel the same way about the Ravens? And does that make this game any more important than the next? Well, I think, you know, obviously this is a this is a big time football game. You know, there's no way around it. You know, Monday night football, you know, playing against, you know, Super Bowl contenders, playing against you know, a team that has, you know, really won most of their games since, you know, Lamar has taken over quarterback. So, you know, I think for me as any other game, but, you know, obviously the emphasis is, you know, it's only it's only going to be one first round by this <laughs> this year. So I think all these conference games are important, um, you know, especially when you're playing against, you know, teams that, you know, 
are going to have the the chance to to kind of, you know, take that spot. So, um, you know, it's a very important game for us, especially, you know, the way we played, you know, against the Chargers um, and even how we played, you know, in the fourth quarter against Houston. Um, so it's a hell of an opportunity, great opportunity for us. Um, and, I, and I know we'll rise up. Let's go ask to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, Tyron, just one off the, the field question. You had a voter registration event this week. I was wondering how that went, and I know it's been a point of emphasis for you and Pat, just how that effort has been going for you in general, stemming from that event and, and leading into November. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably say it's all been going well. Um, you know, really just just trying to do my part, uh, you know, be a vessel for people um, to, to gather information, to to do what's necessary to, to, to make change in their, in their life, in their world. And um, so... Uh, you know, have a great opportunity, a great platform uh, to be able to support others, you know, help others get to, you know, where they need to go. So uh, we'll continue doing that uh, even, you know, outside of voter registration. Um, we'll continue to try our best to, you know, impact the kids, impact the community, you know, in a positive way. And, you know, just try to push the world forward a little bit. 